You are listening to Verbal Manet. The words do remain. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Right the Wrongs. Today, we are going to talk about war crimes in Ethiopia, a serious human rights issue that is not nearly covered enough by mainstream media. This concerns the northern Tigray region, where hundreds of thousands of refugees are fleeing the conflict areas. So, what exactly is happening in Ethiopia? Okay, now. Get ready for some complicated party abbreviations and political drama. The conflict arose between the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or the TPLF, which ruled Ethiopia for 27 years prior to the current president Abiy Ahmed Ali came to power. Even though the Tigrayans make up just six percent of the population in Ethiopia and were for the most part concentrated in the northern Tigray region. They did at some point dominate national politics. Established in 1975 in northwestern Tigray, the TPLF grew into the most powerful armed liberation movement. In 1988, the TPLF established a coalition named the Ethiopian People's Revolutionary Democratic Front, or the EPRDF, with the Oromo Democratic Party. Which the current president affiliates to, as well as two other ethnic political parties. This coalition overthrew the previous dictatorship of the People's Democratic Republic of Ethiopia and established a new government that presided from 1991 to 2018. In 2018, the EPRDF coalition appointed Abiy. As prime minister to help manage the increasing dissatisfaction and anti-government protests against the repressive rule of the TPLF, Abiy managed to quickly win popular approval and even a Nobel Peace Prize for opening up political spaces and finally ending the 20-year-long stalemate between Ethiopia and Eritrea. While in this position. Abi also attempted to move towards a unified Ethiopian identity, as opposed to the ethnic federalism with regional autonomy. To do so, he initiated a new multi-ethnic prosperity party in December 2019. This meant that the TPLF would lose their edge as the majority in ethnic politics. Therefore, the party refused to support Abi's initiative and challenged his legitimacy. As he postponed the date of the general elections from 2020 to an undetermined date in 2021, allegedly due to COVID-19, TPLF then went ahead with regional elections in the Tigray region in September 2020 in defiance of the federal government, which declared the Tigray elections illegal. Moreover. Ethiopian lawmakers voted to cut funding to the region in October, which increased tension with Tigray leaders, who, in response, blocked the appointment of a brigadier general to the northern Tigray region. All these escalated to the point of open conflict. Communication was cut in northern Tigray. And Abi ordered an offensive on 4th November in response to an alleged deadly attack by Tigray's forces on the government military base in the region. 
both sides have accused each other of initiating the fighting. Initially, Mr. Abi promised a swift, bloodless campaign. After his troops seized the regional capital, Macau, in November 28th, he claimed to have completed and seized the military operations. However, the federal forces pushed on and seized control of Tigray's other main towns. The TPLF and its armed supporters fled to rural and mountainous areas, where sporadic fighting continued through February. Eritrea quickly joined the war on the side of Ethiopia's central government, firing artillery across the border and sending troops into Tigray. Many of the worst abuses in the region have been blamed on Eritrean soldiers. In November, the TPLF reported to have fired rockets at major airports in Eritrea, as well as the Amhara region of Ethiopia. Ethiopian officials denied Eritrea's involvement, which international observers contradicted. In late January, the United States called for all Eritrean troops to leave Tigray immediately. Even before open confrontation erupted, Tigray was home to as many as 200,000 refugees and internally displaced people, according to UN agencies. Fighting raged in two of the biggest refugee camps in January, causing the residents to flee with no guarantee of protection and settlement anywhere. The few international aid groups allowed into Tigray have reported severe shortages of basic necessities including food, water, and medicine. They warned that the full extent of the crisis is hard to assess, as their involvement was geographically confined and restricted. Mr. Abi's government was already fighting wars on multiple fronts. Apart from battling the pandemic and working to restore a debt-laden economy, he is confronting discontent within his own Oromo ethnic community where many claim they did not see much progress despite his election promises. The government is also contending with violent tensions in the Banishango-Gumuz region, where at least 80 people died in an explosion of ethnic violence on January 12th, the latest of several regional unrests over the past year. A general election is scheduled for June the 5th in Ethiopia, but analysts question whether a credible vote is possible given the political and military turmoil. That's the end of the episode. In the next episode on the situation in Ethiopia, we will discuss what international actors can do and have been doing to address the crisis in Tigray. Feel free to engage with us on our social media channels. Send us your opinions, comments, or further questions by following us on Facebook and Instagram or join us for further discussions on a Telegram group and leave us a comment at theverbamalentpodcast at gmail.com. This episode was written by Tatiana, produced by Tanfei, and brought to you by Right the Wrongs and The Verbamanent. The next episode of Right the Wrongs will talk about pornography. You can find the program wherever you find your podcasts, bringing you detailed updates on pressing human rights issues. Till next time. Take care.